Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this week's episode, we catch up with Patrick Dunn. He's a participant in the Chocolate Spider Farm Sheep Programme. He runs a hill and lowland flock in County Wicklow. And we're going to discuss with him how OPA, or ovine pulmonary adocarcinoma, has had an impact on his flock and how he's been addressing it over the past number of years. Very honest conversation, Patrick goes back a number of years to explain what impact it was having on the flock and the lack of awareness of what was causing it at the time. He discusses how he went about getting a diagnosis and we discuss how he enlisted the services of vet Patrick Grant to screen the flock to detect yews with infection at an earlier stage using ultrasound scanning. Using this information, we discuss how he was able to reduce the level of OP in the flock and the impact it was having in subsequent years on both the health and productivity from it. Now just as a slightly longer preamble for those who aren't aware of what OP is, or to give it its full title, ovine pulmonary adenocarcinoma, it's also been referred to as Yexite, or maybe more commonly wheelbarrow disease. It's an infectious cancerous tumour that affects the lungs in sheep. The disease is spread through the inhalation of a virus from respiratory secretions, and it is production limiting, and as the condition progresses, the virus leads to the development of multiple tumours in the lungs. As these grow, they lead to the overproduction of fluid in the lungs, and it leads to a nearly always fatal condition. And there is no easy test for it. It does rely on ultrasound scanning to detect those showing signs of tumours at an early stage, which allows you to cull those from the flock. It is one of those conditions we refer to as an iceberg disease. We generally only see the tip of it, but there is a large proportion of the population affected, as we will hear from Patrick later on. We're going to start this episode off with Patrick giving us a bit of background to what he was actually seeing in the flock and the kind of impact it was having on performance. The most obvious thing was the scanning rates were always down. Uh, they were a lot lower than what's going to be with an awful lot of uh, dry yews and barren yews. Um, so we were trying to investigate what was going on with them. And we were checking for fluke. We were checking for minerals or blood tests. And we were we were doing loads of things like that, trying to get to the bottom of what was going on. And the scanning rates didn't really improve. The, you know, that was probably 2016, 2017. The scanning rates didn't really improve. And then into 2018, we started getting... Um, you know, mortality, we started to lose yos. We were seeing yos that were, they were just, they were thin and they were showing up, but we thought they had pneumonia and it wasn't, we were treating them for pneumonia, but we couldn't seem to cure them. And we started then everything, we went, we hept evac everything in the place, we were vaccinating for pneumonia. And then after yos started to, to, um, you know, the dead yows started to turn up then. We started, we got uh, post-mortems done and that's when the OPA was flagged up first. And, so, and like, just to go back on that, like, this isn't a case of flock you weren't looking after or managing. That condition score, You we were trying to address that. We started work with you, I think, around 16. It was something you are trying to address yeah. with management. You know, the Heptavac P went in, you were looking at that pasture pneumonia. I suppose the symptoms, to be fair, were very similar in that early stage when you hadn't it diagnosed. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they, they, like from my point of view, it was similar. I thought it was pneumonia. Um, even mentioned the vets and all. It was all the classic symptoms of pneumonia. The way the was carrying on, the way it seals, it's not knows us. Um, yeah, it was coming across. We presumed it was pneumonia, um, but just normal treatment with antibiotics, uh, the heptavacin vaccine, all that kind of. None of that seemed to work. It didn't. It wasn't doing that for us. So um, we, yeah, we were kind of scratching our heads. Like these are hilios, so. Like we were pulling them down a little bit off the hill earlier than we usually would, just uh, we were starting to feel a bit meal pre toughen just to try and put some condition on them. And that wasn't even working. You know, we just couldn't seem to get condition on a, on a bunch of sheep that we had. And then when 
yeah, eventually then when, the, you know, I suppose it was probably a year later before we actually, the yos were getting chronically thin and started, we started losing yos. That's when we got the diagnosis of OPA from the vet lab. Yeah, and look, I suppose that's something you work with your vets on. Yeah, it, re- it reached that point where you weren't getting the response you should be getting. So you went with, that was 17, if I'm correct, Patrick, you went with yeah, the yos. Yeah, uh, sorry, the spring of 18, during the lamin of 2018 was when we really had the, the problem with mortality. We started really seeing issues with uh, sheep dying. So what happened then? You went with a couple of yos to the UCD vet lab at the time, was it? Yeah, I brought, um, I brought one to start with, and that came back OPA. And then I remember one night, um, one morning I came over to the shed and I had five yos that died overnight in the shed. And I rang up the vet and he told me to bring them on as well. We hadn't got the first diagnosis at that stage. And then the six of them came back together all, all positive for OPA. So look at it. It's like I didn't know anything about OPA at the time when I Googled it, looked it up and that kind of thing and realized that it was terminal and wasn't curable or there was no vaccine around for it. It was a bit of a well, it was a shock, I suppose. But look at it, at least once you know what you have, then you can you can try and do something about it. It was it was sober, and I like at that stage. So you're into it a couple of years. You were really starting to see the clinical cases turn up at that stage, and I suppose that's the classic tip of the iceberg. It took a wee while maybe to surface and become more evident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like uh, I suppose it made sense once we got the diagnosis. It made sense what had been going on for the last couple of years, and that kind of explains why we couldn't get condition on yours and why our scan wasn't where we wanted it to be and the mortality. And kind of a lot of things. It explained a lot of things. Um, a lot of things we've been trying to correct. We kind of discovered that that was probably the root cause all along. And um, you know, so like as bad as I was getting the diagnosis, I mean, told that the only option was colon really, but at least at least it was a we, you know, knowledge yeah. power, as I say, so at least we knew where to, what direction so, we had to go and then. We, we'll come to how you've been dealing with maybe in a moment, but just to go back slightly, so that was spring of 18. Previous to that, like you were doing all the other management things, right? Run them in better grass. You're actually, at that stage, you were actually splitting off the thin yos, the ones that looked like they were struggling. You weren't, like as a hill flock, you're producing your own placements. You were putting them to the Suffolk Ram, keeping them separate. So you, you that batch of what you expect what problem you always hold them and we're calling harder on that. Yeah, we had a batch running around that we considered were just softer yos that weren't sticking the hill. We I suppose all along looking being a hill flock, we we're always gonna have yos that are thin and yos that, that don't uh, wear good lambs on the hill, that kind of thing. But that's what we always do with them, them that bunch of sheep. We run them with suffer grams so that they could you know, we don't breed from we don't end up with any uh, Yo lamps from them yos, so we're kind of naturally breeding about the system. So we were doing that with that cohort sheep. But the problem was that cohort sheep was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you know, all of a sudden, that that was nearly a quarter of the flock. That bunch of sheep, and like it wasn't sustainable to keep. You know, eventually we'd have ended up with two grams and most of the sheep. We, you know, mm. you know, cause we thought we were doing the right thing at the time by just breeding and breeding away from them yaws we didn't realize that it was actually an underlying issue with the yaws and that was causing the problem you know like we could have we could have kept you know weeding out the yaws by breeding them off the black rams and that kind of thing and getting rid of their daughters the reality was them yaws weren't going to live anyway they were and all they were doing was spreading disease to other yaws um, so what we initially thought like was a, a breeding issue that their yaws just weren't standing the hill or just a bit too soft for the hill. It, you know, it turned out it wasn't. It was a health issue. So you know, like I suppose you were doing a bit of direct addressing as much as you could at the time, but you still weren't getting to the root of that problem. I suppose that brings us diagnosis that spring of twenty eighteen. 
that summer, yeah, we enlisted the help of Paddy Grant, a vet from Northern Ireland, who is trained how to scan in this and detect OPA at an earlier stage. So he scanned, Paddy came down and said he scanned the entire flock for you in, I think it was June that year, was it? And yeah, I think it was around June. It was just after shearing time. But we'd asked Paddy, and he said he'd rather do it when the sheep were freshly shorn. I suppose it was easier for him to scan their lungs when there's not a hole on them. So just maybe for anyone is familiar, and hopefully we get Paddy on at some stage to explain this one, but. He's basically like you're ordering ultrasound scanner we see for pregnancy scanning. He's scanning the lung on the left and right hand side, and he did the entire flock feed. And he categorizes them into you know clear yos, ones with slight suspicion, highly suspicious yos, and ones that really need to be called out of it. That scan that first year, you went through your entire flock. I'm assuming everything from hoggets up, you scan that year. What way did they yep. break down? Um, the way they broke down was, as off the top of my head, there was, we, we scanned, now you put me on the spot, so they scanned, I remember there was something about 10% was put down as definite culls, so they had OPA, then the, the like more highly suspicious ones, where Paddy thought that there, could see there's something in the lungs, but couldn't be definite that it was OPA, but there was definitely something wrong in there, there was another 4% of that, and then there was another 4% or so, I call slightly suspicious, so they're ones that maybe had pneumonia as a lamb or something, had a bit of scarring in their lungs, had some little thing in their lungs, but probably wasn't OPA. And then there was only 80-odd percent of her. He gave clean bill of health and said that they were clear. Okay, so like you're looking at something towards 15% of yous are showing those tumours or showing signs of those tumours that are potentially infecting the rest of the flock. And it's supposed to be fair, like from a physical point of view, looking at them yews, were they all obvious, that 15%? Um, no, that's the thing, you see. Yeah, you had the obvious ones that showed up, like those yews that were thin and that kind of thing, and you were nearly expecting them to be positive, and they were. Some of them were. There were some like tinios that didn't show up positive either. Obviously, they had a different issue. Like everybody has tin sheep, but uh, there was surprising sheep. There was sheep in it that were mud fat, big, healthy looking sheep, and he was condemning them and saying that they were positive. And like when Paddy was scanning, we were able to see the screen and like yeah, you could see, like they were their lungs were bits, and you could see the tumors, so you could see the spots on them. So um, like and afterwards when they got uh, post mortem they were all positive as well. So they were I suppose they were probably the 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 problem in the flock because we would have never you know kept them always separate. We would have assumed them were always perfectly healthy, and they would have ran around with the rest of the flock and would have been like the you know the silent ones in the flock uh, infecting yeah. everyone all around. That, that was so the yeah, they'd have exactly that's the words I'm looking for. They'd have been the reservoir and they would have kept infecting and they'd have probably never been called off because they were they were they, they appeared perfectly healthy anyway. You know, without the scanning we'd have never known to take them away. And and just speaking of culling off like that fifteen percent, what did you do with them? I culled all them. That wasn't an easy thing to do at the time. Um we culled a lot of sheep, uh, but kind of look at the way it was the way Paddy explained it was them were going to die, they were going to be dead within a year, maybe two years, anyway, one way or another. So we culled them while they still had some value because as soon as the O's really start pining away, they go downhill quite fast. They're hill sheep that we had, so they were never mud fat yos anyway. But as soon as they start pining away at all, they're they get pretty worthless in the factory pretty quick. So, you know, we called them. Uh, we called a lot of sheep. It was over 10% of the flock was called that time. And I'm hoping that that was the right thing. Seems to have been the right thing to do. It kind of cut it off short and sharp. 
I suppose that, yeah. that's one of, that's one of the ways of offsetting the cost of the scanning and the effort of going into doing. You actually getting out yos at an early stage where you get that salvage call value on them. Aside from reducing infection, you're getting a return back on those yos. Yeah, well, this is it exactly because, uh, like, as I say, before we had done the the scanning and that kind of thing, our mortality got really high, especially during lambing, and especially when you go back to the hill with lambs. So some yos were under stress, and that's when the mortality got high. So we were losing a lot of yos. So at least this way, you know, you got kill the yos, you got some gold value out of them. There weren't a whole lot, some, but at least, at least it was better than just finding them dead someday. So th- that was the first scan. Look, it, it was an ongoing thing which they after, so you are back again in February of the following February scan and in February of 2019. What kind of levels of infection were you seeing then? So you'd called out and there was highly suspicious or the really obvious ones. They're gone out of the flock. On the second scan, seven, eight months later now, how did the flock profile at that stage? Um, the more or less halved, as in the mortality, or the, the definite colors that halved, they were down to. Or they had way more than have it. I think there was only something like two percent or something of the flock was a definite call at that stage, and only another maybe one and a half percent were what he called highly suspicious. Um, so we'd over ninety percent that were clear and given a clear bill of health at that stage. Um, some of the ones, it's about half of the ones that he said were were definite calls. You know, at that time had shown up as slow. It's suspicion eight months earlier, so I suppose he was still on the right track with them once. And then there was some sheep that had been clear the last time that showed up this time as being culls as well. So again, we've done the same thing. We culled, but that time the numbers were a lot smaller. But anything that he said was, you know, a cull or a highly suspicious, we, we uh, sent him on to the factory. And so we got them out of the system. There is that variable incubation period in it, like I mean, six months could be up to two years, so some of them weren't going to show up. I suppose, and you did touch on this, some of them, in fairness, um, when they were identified, we followed up with the help of the OVL staff to actually post-mortem the ones that Paddy had identified for colon suspicious afterwards, and they were, the, the correlation is very good, the scanning is very accurate, so it's to identify those Joes. Yeah, no, it, yeah, no, it seems to be on the right track because the difference since we've done them two scans in the flock was huge, like it now all of them problem yaws, um, like the difference in our scanning rates, in the condition scoring of the yaws, everything is 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 um, improved. So it's definitely, you know, it's it's definitely worth doing. I'd recommend it to anyone and it's definitely on the right track. I'm going to come back to that bit with you in a moment. Look, so you dealt with the first aspect. You found out what the problem was, you scanned, you call out the problem yaws. Just add on to that, like, the replacement new lambs of them, you are calling them out as well. I suppose, to be fair, Patrick, your advantage is UBAD recorded. You can link them up, but you weren't keeping any replacements of any of those. No, I wasn't. I suppose I have the advantage of because I'm in the better program. Um, I I have recorded none, so I was able to, any of the O's that were called any of the times, uh, I was able to go back, find their daughters, and I pulled them out as well and just got rid of them as well. Um, now they weren't just culled there and then you know we, we finished them normally and so you know killed them as yellow lambs but we didn't uh, none of them were retained for, for breeding there um, because there is a risk of it if it transferring through colostrum from mothers to daughters not just from nose to nose the way it transfers from one yellow to another that, that close contact is nearly inevitable anyway okay so that brings up to 2019 Unfortunately, COVID kicked in in between, so there was a bit of a break in the scanning. You scanned again, though, this July, so we had that gap of the two years between it. What was the scan link on the flock at that stage? Uh, the scan was a different thing altogether. This time, Paddy came out and scanned. We were scanning away for ages before we found our first positive. Uh, we had five sheep in the total of the whole flock that he said were positive. And uh, 
it was only something there was only another handful that uh, were even down as suspicious or highly suspicious. So um I suppose look at if we maybe got the third scan done earlier on without COVID being affecting it, you know, maybe them few have been picked up earlier on and took over, but they've been picked up now and they're gone now as well. So oh, were yeah, those yos or hoggets or what were they? They were hoggets. They were hoggets. So uh, they would sorry there was one one older yo. The rest were hoggets. They, they were so, likely they were likely ones maybe missed that scan at twelve months. Your scan never from twelve months up on those occasions. So they yeah, were probably ones you missed. Scan at younger twelve months because the thinking was the incubation period and it was you know over a year that kind of thing. So we didn't scan the old lamps or anything younger than twelve months of age. I didn't think there was any point at the time, but that's probably where they were missed because they wouldn't have been scanned. So like that annual scan is it's it's something probably going to be in place on the flock for a number of years to come. Look, you you touched on the performance. Let's just set the scene again. If we went back to just prior to the diagnosis, that 2017, your scan rate at the time, I think from looking back at it, it's about 80% pregnancy rate. So like it's it's well below where it should have been. Even the condition score that I'm like, if we talk about 10 or or those less than three, what kind of proportion of the flock are we looking at? Well, we talk about the O's less than three. Um, oh God, Karen, I think it was something like three quarters of the flock was, um, was, um, less than like you know you want them sitting around body condition of tree really to to be in prime condition going to ram to, to get the, the the best so i think around three quarters of the flock were less than three they were you know less than where we wanted them and that was that was even like giving them an extra bit of grass that was you know giving even the thinner ones an extra meal and trying that was doing everything we could and that's we were still sitting at three quarters of them were less than you know where you want them you're, they're a flock under pressure and as you said like you're doing all the other management things right but the impact of that health issue. So bring us up to like we went to last year or the year previous. What kind of levels are we seeing the pregnancy rate, and maybe how many of those tinnerios are you looking at the flock now? Well, the preg in the tinnerios, uh, like yeah, last year, I think the conditions scored there before we went to the ram. Well, the average of the whole flock was three, so um, uh, more than half the flock were actually over three. So, you know, it was a completely different kind of a picture. You know, they had pulled up, not a huge amount, but they'd pulled up just enough to be sitting where Hilio should be sitting. And into the bargain at that stage, like I had already, I had set up a lowland flock. So them Hilios were kind of spending an awful lot more time on the hill now than they were back when we started in 2017. So, you know, even though the O's are actually, in, you know, they're, they're, they're have a harder life now than they did then. They're wearing lamps outside on the hill, they're wintering on the hill, and they're still actually in better condition than they were back in 2017. You know, that's been the biggest thing for us here. It's just the O's are just healthier. They're, they're in better tune or better order. You're getting a better scan with them. And, you know, like this year, like the scan was 1.3, the pregnancy rate was, you know, it was over 90%, I think, off the top of my head. Um, you know, so it's, it's going in the right direction. It's, it's back to what it should be. And you said, like, you're able to run them harder. They're doing what they're meant to do without this other issue impinging on them. Yeah, this is it. You're always going to have 10 yards and you're always have your fluke and all the other things that, you know, crop up on a hill. But at least when that's out of the way, the OPA is kind of more, hopefully, it's kind of, in you know, it's in hand anyway. It's a uh, it's square help. It gives, it gives you a, a great head start to get everything else right then. So, so like, we'll go back on it getting that correct diagnosis first and then following up with that ultrasound scan with Paddy Grant has been the big impact it's had on your flock. Yeah, this is it. Like I say, we were struggling with 10 years and sure, we were only shooting in the dark, really. We were spending a lot of money, like, God, I'm to, to be hip back in the O's constantly. And like, first time you do it and you're your booster, then we give them another booster. And, 
Then you're treating with antibiotics and giving them mineral doses. We're doing blood tests. We're spending a lot of money on these sheep and trying to trying to improve them constantly. You know, and yeah, for the sake of the scanning and what it costs, it was definitely worth it. You know. No, no, what you hadn't put a plan in place to deal with. Look, it's something probably there's not enough awareness among hill flocks about, and flocks in general, but it's not just confined to hill breeds, so it's not, but it's one of those issues that's out there. Yeah, no, there's definitely that. Before I got it, like when I got the diagnosis back from UCD, I had to Google to see what it was. I mind you know it. Um, it was an eye opening to what it was, and then when you read about it and read how easy it is actually is spread and that kind of thing, it's kind of frightening, but you know, bury your head in the sand won't, won't make it go away. Um, it's it's you know it's something that's there and you have to keep an eye out for. Definitely, and look for anyone that might have it. It's something certainly engage with your vet. That service is available. Paddy Grant is something to follow up on. Look, Patrick, great getting you on today. Really appreciate you sharing a story on it. It's always easy to tell the good stuff. It's not always easy to tell the more difficult stories of how you deal with some of the issues in the flock. Yeah, I'm sure no other at all. Look, at everyone has issues, I suppose, and everybody has their own things to deal with. But um, yeah, no, it just it wasn't. It, it wasn't a nice thing when we had to go culling sheep at the start. But if we didn't hadn't done it that time, I'm not sure where we'd be now. Where we'd be as good as we are. So yeah, it's probably the right thing to do. Hopefully, those one things working up. Great having you on today, Patrick. Thanks very much. No matter. Talk to you again, we're going to leave the episode there at this point. I'd just like to thank Patrick again for his honesty in discussing what happened in his flock over the last number of years and how he's dealt with it. Again, for anyone who suspects you have it, the first point of contact is your local vet. Work up from that. The ultrasound option for scanning and screening dojos is there, and your local veterinary practitioner will be able to put you in touch with Paddy Grant, who provides the service. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates on our sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chalga Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and get notified of new episodes.